scripture is from John 1, 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Might have to actually turn the mic on. How is everyone doing? Everyone found us. That's good. I was half expecting a phone call, like, right at Tammy. Like, where is everyone? Someone had gone to Selvage or, uh, not Selvage, were there. I, I, I was expecting it, but you guys did really well. Good job. <laughs> uh, so we made it. You're here at the point, first time at the point. I think, I think everything looks great. I'm excited. I think this will be a really cool opportunity for us. Um, before I dive in, I, I, I don't like that I can't see behind me. <laughs> I'm used to looking at it. Um, before I dive in, I want to do a quick kind of mission update, I guess, maybe. So I don't know how many of you know that we have a Spotify and SoundCloud account. Um, so every sermon we do, every message we do, is available on any podcast catcher you might use. Um, so if you listen to any kind of podcast, you can find us there, too. And so you can see on here, oh, that's this dangerous trying to use the pointer. You can see that I just pulled up a random selection. So we'll have, you know, 34 people listen to that one, 31, 28, 27. So we get these messages are kind of being sent out and heard by a number of people. So if you ever do miss anything, anywhere you listen to your podcast, just Google us or put our name into the podcaster search bar, and it'll pop up. So that was just a fun update of different ways we're impacting aren't directly seen here on a Sunday morning. So getting back to today, oh, that's Jesus. Getting back to today, we are going to continue. <laughs> I thought it was the cover part. <laughs> we are kidding. Back into our series, uh, talking about kind of essentials of Reformed theology. And today, we're going to talk about Jesus, hence Jesus. Um, we're going to talk about really three key aspects of Jesus and how that impacts Jesus' relationship with us, just everything. So the first one is Jesus being fully God. The second one is Jesus being fully human. And the third is Jesus being the only son of God. We'll talk about those three things and how they kind of impact pretty much everything. So the first one is the deity of Jesus. So in the passage that we just read, we see a number of things popping up here. Uh, first one is, we have to identify as this word, the word. This is how John refers to Jesus as the word. And there's a whole lengthy dialogue of why that is, but... We do not have time for that right now. Just whenever John says the word, capitalized, he's talking about Jesus. So as we move down, we see the word was with God and the word was God. Now this gets into something we're going to talk about a little bit more next week, the idea of the Trinity, which is that Jesus is God and was also with God because it'll make your head explode a little bit, but we'll talk more about that next week. But this is getting at the idea that Jesus is God and he was with God in the beginning. So there's, this is getting at the idea that there wasn't a time when there was God, and then Jesus came along later. Jesus and God have always been there. We'll talk about the Holy Spirit next week, too. But this is getting at the idea that Jesus has always been. There hasn't been a time where it was God, the Holy Spirit, anything else without Jesus. Go. Ah, go back. Uh, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. This is really getting at the idea that Jesus is also a creator God. We, sometimes we think of, well, God the Father was the creator, and then Jesus kind of came along and did other things too. 
This is the idea that Jesus was the creator too. Jesus was at creation. Jesus was there as well. Just kind of really hinting at this idea that Jesus was always there, was not made at some point, is not inferior to God in power. Jesus was there. That's kind of all that hitting on the divine side of God, the divine side of Jesus. Now, the human side of Jesus. So the second passage, or I guess the passage we read two passages ago, the Hebrews passage, come on, why are you hitting me? There you go. Um, really hits at this idea. And I'll kind of read through it real quickly again here. Since the children have flesh and blood, uh, he too shared their humility, their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those by who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but Abraham's descendants. That's us. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This passage kind of talks it a lot, but the thing that I really want to focus on is this idea here at the end. Why this thing hates me? The idea here at the end is because he himself suffered. Jesus suffered, was tempted. Jesus felt the same emotions we do. Jesus had all the same emotions, feelings, temptations, everything that we do. I know I'm going to die on that someday, tripping over that. <laughs> and I think this is really important for us to recognize and, and, and understand because that can be hard for us to wrap our head around, that Jesus became human. Jesus w wasn't just kind of floating through life as a kind of divine pretender. No, Jesus was human. Any emotion you have felt, Jesus probably felt that same emotion. Have you ever been really angry with someone? Well, there's examples where Jesus has been really angry with someone. Jesus mourned. He cried. He celebrated. The gambit of emotions we feel, Jesus felt the same emotions. I love the way this passage just illustrates that, that Jesus came and was tempted, did go through everything we go through so that he's able to help us who are being tempted, who are going through those same emotions. So we have these two ends here. We have Jesus's divinity, his godhood, and Jesus's humanity. Now, I feel like each of these by themselves is pretty easy to understand. We're perfectly okay with... Jesus either being fully God or fully human. It's when they come together that, that that can be a hard thing for us to wrap our head around, right? This is kind of a unique thing about Christianity. Because we want to maybe think of Jesus maybe like Hercules, who was, well, was the son of a god, but was kind of a demigod, more human, had to, had to earn his divinity, had to go through life to become a god. Well, no, that wasn't Jesus, because Jesus was fully God the whole time. Sometimes we want to think of Jesus maybe like a God hiding Godhood, like Jesus was God wearing like a human suit and just kind of pretending to be human. Well, that's not the case either because Jesus was fully human. So it's this dichotomy that is, can be hard for us to wrap our head around. But as we'll talk about in a second, each one, it has to be. Each one is super important. 
Now, the last element I'm going to talk about with Jesus is the idea of being the only son. Sometimes in like older church circles, it'll be called like the only begotten son of God, that language. And one of the, I think one of the best passages that highlights this comes from, again, the, the beginning of John. The word, Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us, hitting at the idea that Jesus is fully human. The word became flesh. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is really hitting at the idea that Jesus is the only Son of God. If you are in Christian circles, especially like, is the language I use a lot, we'll talk about, well, we, be, we come into the family of God. We're, we're, we're children of God, but we're adopted children of God. It's, there's a distinction between Jesus as the only Son of God, and us as the adopted children of God. There is a distinction there, but, and mainly it's because if, as some people talk about, Jesus was the firstborn Son of God. You'll hear that a lot, because it's, well, oh, Jesus laid the way now, so now we can do this as well. And we'll talk about in a little bit how that could potentially be problematic for us. So these are three things that are kind of are paramount for Jesus. Being fully God, being fully human, and being the only Son of God. We got all those in our head? All right. So why is this important? Why are these three things the most paramount things to talk about in relation to Jesus? What has to do with us and sin? All of this comes together to satisfy God's divine judgment and divine mercy. So when we sinned, when sin was introduced into the world, suddenly we're now separate from God. We can't go near God because the sin that is in us will burn away and we'll die going near God. This puts God in us in a tricky position of God's perfect judgment has to be fulfilled. So sins, wrongs have to be righted. The writing of it just happens to be killing us. But the divine mercy, perfect mercy of God, doesn't want that to happen, won't, won't allow us as the created children, the created adopted children of God to burn away. Enter Jesus. So the human side of Jesus, I'm doing human over here, human side of Jesus has to be human to pay for those sins because these the sins entered are our fault, are humanity's fault, so only a human can make atonement for them could pay for them. The divine side of Jesus comes in because only God could survive the punishment of sin. Only God could survive the judgment for sin. So that's where the fully God, fully human side comes in. Where the, where the only born son of God comes in is the idea that, well, if Jesus was just one of many children of God, then doesn't that mean we could pay for our own sins? And we all know we can't. We can't be perfect and good enough to do that. So that means that Jesus had to be the only son of God. Jesus was the only thing able to pay for our sins because fully God, fully human, only son of God. All those three things come together to make this kind of perfect triangle which makes Jesus our divine mediator. 
So this is Jesus' supreme gift to us. A couple weeks ago, when we were talking about covenants, we talked about the covenant of grace. Kind of vaguely remember that, right? A little bit, a little bit. We ta- I talked about two versions of it. We had kind of covenant of grace 1.0, which was for most of the Old Testament, which was the sacrificial system, right? Sacrificing lambs, doves, goats, things for sins. And then we talked about covenant of grace 2.0, which was Jesus. Now, when using those phrases, 1.0 and 2.0, I didn't want it to, me- to come across like, well, God's original plan was, all right, the sacrifices will work. Oh, no, those weren't working. I guess we'll throw Jesus in. That wasn't the idea at all. That was just for us to kind of categorically think about it. Jesus was always the fulfillment of the covenant of grace. That was always what was going to happen. Jesus wasn't the, like, backup plan. So I I didn't want to have that come across at all. But that's what Jesus does, is the fulfillment of the covenant of grace, the fulfillment of our gift. Jesus acts as our go-between, but not in a, like, telephone, game of telephone kind of way, right? It's not like we have to talk to Jesus and then Jesus relays it to God. But yeah, it's, it's not like that. Jesus is just what allows us to go to God. Because a mediator, what does a mediator do? They bring two groups together. And that's exactly what Jesus is doing. Now, images like this can be, have some theological issues to them, but I like the visual of it's really Jesus that allows us to get to God. Jesus is that bridge that allows us to get to God. So this can be a great kind of visual for understanding what is really happening for understanding Jesus as our mediator. So now what is Jesus's role moving forward? Sometimes we think, well, Jesus came, died for our sins, rose. That's, that's kind of it, right? It's work's done. No. Jesus is our eternal savior. So his work of salvation is continual. It's always working in us. We read that Jesus is currently sitting at the right hand of God. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, Jesus says, when I leave, I'm going to go to prepare you a place. Jesus is preparing a place for us, preparing, working on our hearts, and Jesus will return. Getting at this idea that Jesus' work of the renewal of all things isn't done. It didn't stop at the cross. It didn't stop at the tomb continues. The renewal of all things isn't done yet. Jesus' work isn't even close to done. So Jesus will return to continue this work, to continue this renewal, to continue this refreshing of our earth, of our souls, of all of us, of all of the adopted children of God. And so today we are going to remember this work of Jesus. We're going to remember this divine sacrifice, this love, this outpouring of blood and (laughs) love um, by taking communion. So does anyone need any communion elements? Did everyone get them? Did we get them all? Did we get everyone? Did we get everyone? All right, good, good, good. I'll give you all a second to get them open. And as we kind of reflect and take these elements, it's just so exciting to remember what we're, we're reflecting on, what we're living into. The creator of heaven and earth becoming human, 
becoming one of us with the sole purpose of redeeming us. The Lord Jesus, on the night of his arrest, took bread, and after giving thanks to God, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the saving death of the risen Lord until he comes. Let us partake together. Gracious God, may we who have received these sacraments live in the unity with your Holy Spirit that we may show forth your gifts to all the world, that we may live in your love, that we may reflect your love, that we may <coughs> embody your love. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.